Thursdays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the February 16th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. This evening, we bring you part two of my boxing chat with Namdi Hollywood Moeta, our longtime and still reigning prince of pugilistics. Namdi says three top Ghanaian prize fighters, Richard Comey, Isaac Dogbe, and Emmanuel Tago, are getting ready for upcoming bouts. Namdi says Comey will fight next month in California. Sonny, homeboy from Accra, Ghana, Richard Comey, former world champion, is in for a very tough, super lightweight fight. March 25th in Fresno, California, right here. Uh, he's fighting a guy by the name Jose Ramirez, an elite fighter, a big crowd puller. Uh, he fills up his uh, big arenas in his hometown, which means the only way Richard Comey can win this fight is by knocking out Joe Jose Ramirez in his hometown, March 25th. Sonny, mind you, this fight is going to be on a Saturday night, prime time, on ESPN. So we are talking about millions and millions of eyeballs around the globe. So Richard Comey must put on a show, must score a knockout, because if the fight is closed, you know how it goes. The hometown fighter will win it. The boxing commission will do the, um, what we call Wayo and Mago Mago, and they give it to Jose Ramirez. So Richard Comey must come in with a sick and destroyed mentality, take this fight to Jose Ramirez, and then stop him. Like Richard Comey, fellow Ghanaian Isaac Dogbe will fight next here in the USA. Dogbe, nicknamed Royal Storm, will take on the Cuban Robisi Ramirez on April 1st at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma. How's this one shaping up, Namdi? Sonny, Royal Storm is in for a world title, WBO featherweight title, against a very tough, tough, tough Cuban. This is just not any Cuban. This is a two-time gold medalist, Olympic gold medalist in Robaisi Ramirez. Uh, this fight, it's a very tough fight. Uh, but mind you, Robaisi came here for his first pro bout and he lost. He's, a, he's got a record of 11-1 and one with seven KOs. Whereas you look at Royal Storm, Isaac Dogbe, 24-2 and two with 15 big knockouts. Uh, this fight is on a neutral ground, so there's no question of uh, home crowd and all that stuff. It's for the WBO featherweight title. If homeboy from Ghana wins this one, he makes him a two-time world champion, which I believe he can do. But the Cuban is not just any Cuban. He's a two-time Olympian gold medalist and he comes to fight and he's younger than the way expect a battle on this one on espn again on saturday night global worldwide african royal storm doing his thing another ghanaian hoping to do his thing in the boxing ring is the game boy emmanuel tago talk to us namdi 
Who's next for Game Boy? Sonny, Game Boy from Accra is in tough, man. This is another big fight on ESPN, undercard, big world title fight. Um, he's fighting Kishon Davis. Kishon Davis is an Olympian, Olympic silver medalist, 7 0 with five knockouts. The promoter is behind him, the boxing commission is behind him. Game Boy has to bring his game. If not, uh, this fight is happening at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. The only way Game Boy can win this again is by knockout, by backing this kid up, showing him what uh, what the big boys can handle. And I think uh, this fight here, if Game Boy can pull a big upset, then Game Boy is back in the money game. So Kishon Davis against Game Boy. Kishon Davis is not just a nobody. It's not an easy fight. It's very tough. So three, three Africans in the ring, and they're all on TV on a Saturday night on ESPN. Millions of fight fans around the globe. We'll see our boys in action. Uh, we look for victory because victory would put them in the pole position. And speaking of the pole position, Namdi, I understand one of your fighters is in the pole position. <laughs> in the pole position indeed. Definitely pole position. Lekon Loko Timo Ibi from Abeokuta, Ogun State, Nigeria. My boy. 7-0 and oh with 7 knockouts. His next fight is in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm really, really glad, Sonny. Because, you know, um, I've been talking the fight game. I'm in the game. It's nice to really have one at home. My former champions were Prince Mohammed of Ghana, young Dick Tiger of Nigeria. But now that I have a young, hungry fighter from Abel Kuta, Ogun State, Leko Moibi, his next fight is March 4th in Lagos, Nigeria. He's a Puncher, light heavyweight, just fights like uh, marvelous Marvin Hagler. So look out for Loko T from Abelkuta, Ogun State, Nigeria. My boy, and uh, he's doing it. The boy is doing it. Thanks, Namdi. That's Namdi Hollywood Moeta, our reigning prince of pugilistics. This is Sonic Idol Sports. <laughs> Ghanaian boxing fans have more to crow about. As we hear now from Samson Omale. Ghanaians living outside of the country's capital, Accra, will soon begin to enjoy boxing marches as the Boxing Association is set to decentralize its activities. President of the Ghana Boxing Authority, Abraham Nkwe, says the success of the Boxing League in the Greater Accra area has compelled the GBA to expand to three regions of Ashanti, Northern and Volta regions. Now what we want to do is we centered the whole thing in Accra. Now we are going to the regions. That tells you that there is uh, improvement. We did uh, uh, 20 events. We are looking at 30 events. Uh, put some 10 out there in the various regions. My discussion with the minister, we look at uh, Ashanti region and then the Northern region uh, as well. Voter region is doing well now, so we want to add the two to the voter region. VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. 
You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs. Check out voaafrica.com. In European Club Football Wednesday, Benfica and Borussia Dortmund posted victories in their first leg round of 16 UEFA Champions League matches. Benfica beat host Club Bruges in Belgium 2-0, while Dortmund defeated visiting Chelsea 1-0. Iron Mike Mbonier spoke with African football analyst Lecon Ige. Yes, Club Bruges lost to Benfica at home in a very exciting game. Uh, Bruges uh, played quite well in the first, I think, uh, 20, 25 minutes, but lost the uh, initiative to Benfica as the game wore on. It's all, it also showed the experience, you know, between Benfica, who've been uh, perennial campaigners in the UEFA Champions League, and uh, Club Bruges, who are playing in the Champions League for the first time at this stage, you know, in a long while. So the difference was just in the experience and the ability to take opportunities. The Portuguese were able to, you know, take their chances as they came. They, 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 they stuck to their tactics and they were able to punish Club Bridge on the counter-attack. Good game, I must say. Even the Benfica is, uh, has a two-goal advantage good into the second leg in uh, Portugal. But then this match is by no means over. If uh, Club Bridge can rise to the occasion, if they can put their tactics together, I'm sure they can, you know, get something in Portugal. This match is by no means over. If uh, I judge from what Club Bridge played in the first uh, 25 minutes, they have the opportunity to go to Portugal and also get, you know, victory or at least get uh, to score and make the match even more uh, difficult for Benfica to win at home. In another UEFA Champions League round of 16 first leg game, Borussia Dortmund of Germany defeated Chelsea of England 1-0. Was it a tough one for the English club? Dortmund defeated Chelsea by a long goal, but it was a match Chelsea could have just gotten something out of it. Had uh, a goal Idi Baden, had uh, uh, one being cleared off the line uh, deep into uh, the match. Difficult one for Chelsea, really. Chelsea has been struggling in recent weeks and they've not been able to get any victory even in the uh, local domestic league in England. So uh, they arrived jamming. Uh, we hope that they might just kick start, you know, their revival uh, as the season is wearing down, you know, in England and particularly in Europe too. But this was a match they could have just gotten at least a draw if they were more clinical or um, uh, they had better finishing. Uh, in front of goal. Great goal by uh, Dortmund, by Karim Adiemi. Beautiful goal, beautiful solo run. And the way Amana dispatched, you know, the goal makes him worthy, you know, of that man of the match award that he got. So, Chelsea have everything to play for in England. 
uh, they can take some kind of lessons from what they've played in in germany uh, they can look at the match again and see where they were wrong and they need to be more clinical they need to be able to score goals which is what chelsea is not doing they need to find the goals in england and uh, this match is by no means over really anything can still happen people might say advantage chelsea because they're not home but then chelsea has not really fired from all cylinders you know in the last uh, i think in the last uh, 10 or 11 matches so they, they really need to put their act together if dortmund is not to arrive in england you know and shock them again by being defeated at home Leco. In the games played on Wednesday, did African players make their presence known with goals or assists for their clubs? Not much, really, from African players in the two matches of the Champions League on Wednesday. Uh, in the encounter between Club Brugge and Benfica, we had about three African players on, uh, in action. Uh, Odoi and Soa from Ghana and Onyeka from Nigeria. Why? Odoi and so were substituted in the match. Oyanka played the full 90 minutes. In the encounter between Dortmund and Chelsea, we had Akim Ziyech from Algeria, you know, playing for Chelsea and even getting yellow card in that match. Then the scorer of the goal, the player who scored Dortmund's lone goal against Chelsea is of African descent. Karim Adiemi suggests that uh, his parents are Nigerians and indeed his name is Nigerian Karim Adeyemi. That's the scorer of Dortmund's goal against Chelsea. So, even though you won't say it wasn't representing an African country on the night, but we can say that the player of African descent, you know, scored on the night, scored Dortmund's long goal against Chelsea. So maybe when the next set of matches come around, we'll have a better performances from African players. Maybe we might even get goal scorers in subsequent Champions League matches. That's African football analyst Lacan Ige. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Namsham Pelo, media officer of Banyana Banyana of South Africa. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In cricket, South Africa's Lungi Ngidi is being described as one of the best fast bowlers the country has produced in recent years. In this sunny side of sports feature profile from Johannesburg, Darren Taylor tells us more. One of Test Cricket's greatest achievements for a bowler is a haul of five wickets in a match. In January 2018, at the age of just 20, Lungi Ngidi made his test debut against India at Supersport Park in Pretoria. And what a debut it was. During India's second innings, the fast bowler took six wickets, conceding a mere 39 runs. And doesn't time it. It's Ngidi who runs across and takes it. He has the knack of taking wickets. He struck with the second ball. And it's the Indian captain. Since South Africa re-entered international cricket after decades of sporting isolation because of apartheid, the country's teams have had mixed results. They've been the highest-ranked test and one-day team on many occasions since the early 1990s, but have consistently failed to win a World Cup. But no one can argue that during that time, the Proteas, named after South Africa's national flower, 
have produced some of the greatest fast bowlers ever. Ngidi, the son of a fuel attendant, is one of them. We made ends meet where we could. It was simple, but I enjoyed it. I had a loving family. You know, I think I grew up a pretty happy child. Ngidi's mother worked as a domestic helper for a family in the upmarket suburb of Kluif, near the east coast city of Durban. The family sponsored his tuition at the local primary school. Ngidi did so well academically that nearby Hilton College, one of South Africa's most prestigious schools, approached him to enroll. Yeah, you know, I had to adapt to it, but, you know, I think that was part of my journey. Fortunate enough to get a scholarship to such a, you know, amazing school. And I think I had to use that opportunity. Everything was bigger. Yeah, you know, over time you get used to it. And I think finding myself in that environment really helped me mold into the man that I am today. Ngidi, tall and strong, initially excelled at the rough and tumble game of rugby. He says he dabbled in cricket. This dabbling was enough to attract the attention of Hilton's cricket coach, former Zimbabwe international Neil Johnson. Johnson guided Ngidi into the vicious art of hurling cricket balls at opposing batsmen, trying to smash their wickets and sometimes smashing their bodies. After establishing himself as one of South Africa's most exciting talents on the provincial cricket scene, Ngidi was selected for the national squad just two years out of high school. As a youngster coming into the team, you're obviously a bit nervous, but I think once you start finding your feet, the environment that we have really allows you to be yourself. And, you know, that's who I intended to be. The type of person that I am, um, if something doesn't sit well with me, I'm going to say something. In March 2020, in a one-day international against formidable Australia, Ngidi took his first five-wicket haul in one-day cricket. That same match saw him reach 50 wickets in one-day matches in only 26 games, a national record. Later that year, Ngidi was named South African Cricketer of the Year. He took his first five-wicket haul in 20-over cricket against England in July last year. Ngidi is also respected for his activism off the field, where he raises his big voice to oppose violence against women and children, which is rampant in South Africa. We all have loved ones in our lives. You know, there's women and children in my life that I care about, and, you know, I really do worry about their safety as well. So it sits close to my heart because it's, it's something that we see on a daily basis as well. You know, it's all over social media. Being a sportsman and the platform that you have, you know, you can really influence change within society. And I think, you know, being able to engage with the youth, empower them and educate them can really go a long way in breaking a cycle that has been now happening for a very long time. Ngidi says from what he's seen at schools around the country in recent years, including in townships, South Africa's not going to be short of excellent fast bowlers in the future, especially if the youngsters of today apply themselves properly. Focus is important. Education is important. That's one thing that my parents drove home. I could never play cricket unless I got my studies in order. So, yeah, you know, dream big. Because to be honest, I, I never thought I'd see myself sitting in this position today. 
but here I am. And I guess the main thing was just I listened to a lot of information that was given to me. Listening is a very important skill in life. And if you can do that, I think you will find a lot of information that will help you achieve. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. VOA. VOA Africa would like to hear from you. Send us a text message or a voice note on WhatsApp 24-7. Leave a comment, request, or send us a greeting, and you could be hearing your message on VOA Africa. Simply dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. We are always happy to hear from you. The number again is international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa, your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment and music. Pro basketball, fear the deer. That's what my VOA colleague Carol Van Dam said to me before Thursday's show tipped off. Fear the deer. Carol is from Wisconsin, and she was talking about her beloved Milwaukee Bucks, who are heading into the All-Star break as the NBA's hottest team. The Bucks visit the Chicago Bulls later Thursday night, bidding for their 12th consecutive victory on Wednesday night. The Philadelphia 76ers snapped the seven-game winning streak of the Cleveland Cavaliers as we hear now from the AP's Michael Luongo in Philadelphia. The 76ers held off the late Cavaliers rally for a 118-112 win. Philadelphia led by 17 at the start of the fourth quarter when Cleveland got back in the game with a 14-3 run. The Sixers made their final 10 free throws to seal the win. Joel Van Bede had a team-high 29 points. He also scored his career 10,000th point in the first quarter. Extremely lucky, uh, but then again, I also put in the work, so uh, I'm just proud uh, he contributes to winning. James Harden at a 19, Donovan Mitchell at a game-high 33 for the Cavs. Michael Luongo, Philadelphia. Thanks, Michael. The nine other winners on Wednesday night in the NBA were the Charlotte Hornets, the Indiana Pacers, the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Denver Nuggets. The AP's Bruce Morton has details on Denver's victory. Western Conference leading Denver was in control throughout, defeating Dallas 118-109. Nugget coach Michael Malone was especially happy with forward Michael Porter Jr., who was team high with 22 points. He's in attack mode. I mean, that, that, that's like a whole other dimension. So now you're not just a three-point shooter. When you are a great shooter, they're going to run you off. They're going to close out to you. So can you also put the ball on the floor? And he's getting to the basket and finishing. College basketball voted the top team in the AP poll on Monday. Alabama tasted defeat, falling 68-59 to number 10 Tennessee. For the Vols' Zakai Ziegler, the win came as no surprise. We feel like we could beat anybody in the country on any given day because we we have the number one defense in the country. Another top 10 action, 7th-ranked Virginia barely escaped Louisville with a 61-58 victory. Bruce Morton. (laughs) 
Thanks, Bruce. English Premier League football. Defending champion Manchester City scored a 3-1 win at Arsenal on Wednesday to move to the top of the table. Man City are now ahead of Arsenal on goal difference after trailing by eight points just weeks ago. VOA's Gwen Uten has this post-match report. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Arsenal had been the leaders in the Premier League since August, but the Gunners have been overtaken by defending champions Manchester City. Man City struck first in Wednesday's match. Kevin De Bruyne scored the opening goal in the 24th minute, but Arsenal's Bukayo Saka equalized the score with a penalty kick just before halftime. However, Man City dominated the second half and came away with a 3-1 victory thanks to goals netted by Jack Grealish and Erling Holland, who scored his 26th league goal of the season. Pep Guardiola's side are now back on top in the title race, and after the win, Guardiola said he was pleased with his team's performance despite a lackluster first half. The first half was they were better. We were not able to make an extra passes. Uh, we were soft. Maybe my plan was not good. We allowed them to play comfortably. In the second half, we make a step forward. We, I think we were more aggressive. Bernardo jumped much better to Odegaard and Ruben jumped better to Odegaard and they could not have an extra player in the middle. And that helped us to regain both in higher on the pitch. That is where we feel comfortable. Arsenal have slipped behind Man City on goal difference with a game in hand. And Pep Guardiola acknowledged the title race is far from over, with Arsenal still very much in contention. Still they are, they have one game left, so they are, I consider they are top of the league. There's still many games to play, now Champions is coming, Europa League is coming, many games, difficult for everyone, so, but important is the fact that could come here a few weeks ago, maybe with eight, nine points behind, with the guy coming left. Losing here will be almost over. And uh, and now for the fact that uh, they drop points, we came here for the chance to be close. We won the game, and yeah, we are there. But so far, they got more result, better result than us. That is a reality. Today we won, but uh, if you are second, second on the table, you will never disappear. But of course, after winning back-to-back Premier League, so always had the feeling that we need a little bit more and more. That's why in the last weeks we talk a lot about that. But I said yesterday the mood and the way the training and the concentration focus uh, was there, and especially for the fact that we knew it in the chauffeur and and be resilient in the bad moment. Arsenal have now suffered their 11th straight defeat to Man City in the Premier League. The Gunners look poised to snap their losing streak in the first half of Wednesday's match, but they struggled to maintain their intensity after the break. And Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta said a string of errors in the second half cost his side the match. It's exceptionally difficult to play at the level that they require you to play. Um, to have the chance to win, and I think we've done it, and in many moments um, we had them. But if you give three goals away the way we did, just give them the game, and especially when you don't put as well after the, the chances, the big chances that we had away, then the, the margin for error with them is almost zero, and uh, it's a shame because we really had them. 
Arsenal won more Premier League games than any other team in 2022, but Wednesday's defeat extended a recent slump this year that's seen Arsenal collect only one point from their last three games. And Mikel Arteta says for his side to gain more points, they'll need to be ruthless on the pitch. Uh, we have to pick the points because the performances are there for sure. What we done today against this team, believe me, that wasn't the game that uh, they wanted to play. Um, but we wanted the points and, and we didn't get them. And at the end, the games are decided in the boxes. And we have given too much away today and we weren't ruthless enough to, to convert our chances. And uh, that's what we have to improve. Psychologically, there is a marathon still out there. So psychologically, it's very far. I said it three months ago and I said it today. It's about tomorrow. And the most important thing is how we are tomorrow and focus on that because the rest of the things, we don't know what's going to happen. Both teams play their next league matches on Saturday. Arsenal at Aston Villa, followed by Man City at Nottingham Forest. And Arsenal and Man City will face each other again at Idiot Stadium on April 26th. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. And that wraps up the February 16th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>